Hi, welcome to A Thousand Ways. I'm Huang Rei. After sitting in front of the computer for a few hours, tapping thousands of letters and words on the keyboards, it's not uncommon to feel headache, burning eyes, and a stiff neck. How do you deal with these aches? This is what I can get from a five-minute walk away from my workstation. Will this bring you a moment of peace? Nature has always provided a source of pleasure, and in more recent times, a chance to relax away from a busy digital world. The city planners from the early industrialized countries took into consideration the unhealthy living conditions brought by the advances in science, technology, and industry. Thus. Came about the idea of the Garden City to balance the desire of human beings for progress against the loss and benefits of nature in people's lives. Now there are numerous examples of garden cities or communities on every continent. While in China, the description of people living harmoniously together with nature or being inspired or informed by nature. Have long existed in the thinking, construction, poems, and paintings of ancient Chinese people. Let's first take a look at Chinese philosophical thinking. As you may already know, there are many three teachings that played an important role in shaping Chinese culture. As Buddhism originated from India. Taoism and Confucianism have been regarded as the two authentic philosophical systems of China, while Taoism studies the relationship between human and nature. The teachings of Confucianism focus on the harmonization of various kinds of people, which leads to the peace and harmony of a stabilized society. However, different. The two teachings of Taoism and Confucianism share one thing in common: that there is an everlasting basic order in the universe, and the natural order of the universe should be reflected in relations among man, nature, and heaven. For example, one teaching of Taoism says. That greatest kindness is like water. Water brings benefits to all kinds of things without getting payment. It is humble and modest, and it always flows to the lower point. While in Confucianism, there is a quote saying that wise people are like water. Water keeps flowing, thus it is active and happy. Benevolent people are like mountains, whose temperaments are quiet and stable, and thus hold the recipe for a long life. Both of the teachings have inspired people to learn from the basic order of nature to achieve harmony from their inner heart. Of course, this is only the tip of the iceberg in the larger system of philosophical views and ways toward the world and life in Chinese thinking. But it is so important and essential that this reflection of water and mountains can be seen in Chinese buildings from ancient to modern times. 
The name of the city of Suzhou may ring a bell to you. It has a reputation for traditional Chinese gardens, most of which were privately owned in the previous times. The ancient Chinese people started to build these gardens from more than 2,500 years ago, namely the spring and autumn period. A miniature of nature, especially water and mountains, can be seen in the layout of those gardens. Blocks of rocks are put together to form the mountains, which can be in different shapes and colors. A pond of water is the center of the garden. If it is a rather large one, a lake will take the place of the pond. Then add various plants, including trees and flowers, as the decorative elements. The ancient Chinese people, and notably the men of letters, always resorted to nature for inspiration and consolation, especially when they had to live through the hardships of their lives. For example, the great Chinese poet Du Fu, considered as China's Shakespeare, lived during the Tang Dynasty around the eighth century. Like many of the elites influenced by Confucianism. He had the ambition to serve the emperor who ruled the country. He first encountered failure after writing the national examination for civil servants, and later was discouraged by the corruption and conflicts among government officials. He was finally forced to leave the court, living a frugal life with his family, moving from one place to another. The following poem was written during one of his wandering journeys. Suddenly, I'm under a new corner of the sky, among the mulberries and elms, the sunshine on my traveler's clothes. The city is bustling, full of new people, the splendid houses, trees. Though I miss my home, it's a beautiful place. I keep finding myself grieving bitterly. Then he wrote another. Here outside the city, there are few worldly affairs. Beside us, there's a clear stream to dispel a stranger's grief. Clouds of dragonflies hover, rising and falling. A pair of ducks dives and swims together. There were many other men of letters living before, after, or at the same time as Du Fu, who did the same thing, seeking inspiration and consolation from nature. Another great poet named Su Shi, also an accomplished calligrapher and government official who lived during the 11th century, the Song Dynasty, won great recognition for his art. After being degraded from a national to a local government official, he fully showed his talent for poems, prose, calligraphy, and painting. He wrote poems and lyrics to sing the beauty of nature, and to express his frustration, enthusiasm, and optimism toward the world and life. Also, he was skilled in painting bamboos and old trees. Well, while the stories of the Chinese people's love for nature throughout history can go on and on, I just hope 
that more names will be added to the list of national parks in China. But before that, just let me refresh my memories of those names. The Northeast China Tiger and Leopard National Park, the Giant Panda National Park, Sanjiangyuan National Park, Sanjiangyuan, literally translated as the headwaters of three great rivers, the two of which have been already famous for a long time worldwide, which are the Yangtze River and the Yellow River. And then goes Wuyi Mountain National Park, which has a mid-subtropical native forest ecosystem in southeast China. And finally, Hainan Tropical Rainforest National Park. Yay, I made it! Okay, that's it for today's episode of A Thousand Wise. I hope through today's episode, you have already found how the ancient Chinese people appreciated the beauty of nature. For more episodes and interesting stories about China, find us on Apple Podcast, Twitter, or whatever platform you can have access to. I'm Huang Rei. See you next time.